Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Commercial Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here, Commercial Pilot Podcast. I want to share with you some great real-world stories and talking about some of the pressures of being a commercial pilot. Today's episode of the Commercial Pilot Podcast brought to you by Flying Again, the movie. We're currently working on a feature-length cinematic release of a movie called Flying Again. You'll be able to see it uh, on DVD, Hulu, Netflix, iTunes, uh, as well as some other uh, uh, mainstream media type sources. Coming out shortly, uh, just after Oshkosh, flyingagainmovie.com to check it out. And hear the stories of the rusty pilots who haven't flown in 5, 10, 15, 20, some as many as 30 years, and watch us get them current again. Really uh, fun, fun story. Uh, if you love aviation, uh, you love the spirit of never giving up, Flying Again Movie uh, is for you. Flyingagainmovie.com to check that out. On the Commercial Pilot Podcast today, we're talking about the subject of trading flight hours for dollars. Now, the type of commercial pilot I'm referring to, uh, I'm talking in the general aviation sense because it's so funny. And if you're not already a commercial pilot, this will become a problem uh, for you. They'll ask you the question, so what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a pilot. Or, oh, I just earned my commercial pilot certificate. And they'll say, oh, the next question is always this. What airline do you fly for? And you think, well, (laughs) then you try to explain to them, well, I'm a commercial pilot in the sense that I can fly to make money. I'm not a commercial pilot just yet in the sense that I fly for an airline. Yet, you know, the population kind of has commercial pilot associated with what airline do you fly for? In fact, uh, unfortunately, for most of the population, they believe the only way to make money in aviation is working for an airline, which we know that's not true. And certainly we'll talk about more career options throughout this, uh, uh, this podcast series, as well as just what it takes to become a commercial pilot. But we're going to talk about those pressures of the commercial pilot, the general aviation pilot. We'll say um, Anything but the airlines, even some charter type work we'll talk about today as well, some part 135, and even some part 91 uh, type gigs, uh, flying for an owner-operator type things. And my story is this. My very first job as a commercial pilot, actually, this is technically my second job, because my very first job uh, as a commercial as a commercial pilot. Uh, only lasted about one flight hour as a banner towing pilot. Uh, I had an emergency on my very first banner pickup um, and decided to no longer be a a banner pilot uh, after that. Long story. We'll dive into that another episode about my short uh, uh, one-hour stint as a banner towing pilot. But my second job as a commercial pilot, keep in mind, I'm talking like Private instrument, got my commercial, barely had 300 hours looking for a job. That's a very, very uh, tough, tough uh, sell on any resume to be looking for a job with a little bit of flight time that I had and certainly the inexperience that I had. 
I went the banner towing route, and then I found a job after my my short-lived banner towing career as a traffic pilot. Sounds crazy, but they are in large cities. Are fixed-wing traffic operations now? Unfortunately, cameras, uh, helicopters. Uh, and now drones are putting out a lot of these jobs. In fact, my traffic job no longer exists because uh, cameras took over. They just said, instead of paying Jason to do this, why don't we just bite the bullet and put cameras in all the hot spots and do that instead? So unfortunately, my gig no longer exists. However, as a traffic pilot, and as that being my sole job, I traded flight hours for dollars. And I'll tell you, there were days that I would wake up, and, and my traffic pilot gig worked like this. It was two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening for morning commute and evening commute or afternoon commute. And then I would usually flight instruct uh, once I became a flight instructor uh, in between those two flights. And there would come a time that, and you guys have all seen it too, especially if you're in Florida, you wake up and it is just foggy, especially in Jacksonville. We'd get a combination of some radiation fog. If it wasn't radiation fog, it'd be advection fog kind of rolling in off the coast. There was fog all the time in the mornings. And it was one of those things where it's the end of the month or the first of the month, the rent is due, the electric bill is due, and I get paid when I fly. And a lot of times when you add that pressure and you add a dollar figure to your value in the air, you start to make some silly go and no-go decisions. I remember back when we had those rash of three hurricanes. It was uh, Francis, Jean, and Ivan were the three hurricanes that all hit within like, I want to say at least a 30 or 45 day time span. In fact, I want to say Francis and Jean, I remember being without power 14 days. We got power back a few days, then went another 14 days without power um, during that time span. And I remember, I didn't have to worry about the electric bill because there was no electric bill that month because there wasn't enough electricity. But the rent coming due and the weather just being horrible because you've got everything leading up to the hurricane. You have the weather of the actual hurricane itself, and you have all that weather and junk behind that hurricane that kind of lingers there for a bit. And here I am, not flying for weeks, getting a paycheck going, this isn't going to cut it. What do I do? And you start to say that I've got to pay the bills. I've got to fly. You know, th this is why it's so important to have personal minimums when you get paid to fly. I talked about it on our Instrument Pilot podcast. I talk, I'd talk about it in every podcast if I could, about the power of personal minimums, the power of having hard-set personal minimums. But man, when you get paid to fly, it is so hard to say no sometimes. If you're an aspiring commercial pilot, or maybe you're in the job searching mode, you under, or you have a, a current job flying. I've done some part 91, like for owners, owners of aircraft being their pilot. Never done any actual true 135 operations, but a lot of part 91 operations where the individual owns the airplane, and I'm basically just their personal pilot. Um, 
It's very difficult to say no to these people when they tell you they have to be there. When they're the one that signs your check. You know, I've, uh, I walked away or, or got fired from any of my 91 gigs because of this very topic. I once had a very, very sweet 91 gig. Lady owned an airplane and she also owned her own private island in the Bahamas. My gig was her grocery boy, as crazy as that sounds. I would get a call from a satellite phone. She would tell me what to go get. I'd run down to Publix, which is our local grocery store here, big chain. I'd go to Publix, I'd get her groceries, I would hop in the airplane, and I'd fly down. She had a little seashell slash sand slash hard pack gravel type strip um, down there. I'd land, I'd give her her groceries, and I'd fly on back. And I'll tell you, there were times where I'd get the phone call that she needs this and she needs that, and the weather just wasn't having it. I said, listen, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be able to do that right now. As soon as I catch a break in the weather, I'll be able to, but right now, I'm not able to do that. Or the airplane's down for annual inspection, and... I'm not flying for a week and I'm rushing the mechanic to get things done and he's under pressure and I'm under pressure and somebody ends up missing something and then you have a problem. See, when you add, this is why the commercial pilot rating exists from the simple principle of just adding the pressure of money to the mix. By the way, what happened with my Bahamas gig is uh, she basically found somebody else who would make those silly decisions to fly in any sort of conditions um, to her basically, uh, you know, little seashell strip with certainly no approaches or anything like that to bring her her groceries under any circumstances. And it wasn't something, even young 18, 19 year old Jason, who was a little bit crazy sometimes and took some risks that I'm not exactly proud of, but I am happy that I'm able to share them with you today. She found somebody that would make those those silly decisions. Um, to my knowledge, I don't believe they ever had an accident. But you know what? Hindsight's twenty twenty with that sort of stuff. I am happy with the decision I made. Uh, a very good friend of mine, same kind of thing. But he's with a flight school. I won't I won't say names because you'll know who. Once I tell you, if I tell you who it is, you could figure out what school it is because he is currently still there. Around the school, he is known as the squawker. What do I mean by the squawker? Well, he's the one that gets out and pre-flights an airplane and finds something wrong with it. And he'll squawk it, and it'll get back to the mechanic or the chief flight instructor or the flight school owner. And he's kind of got this reputation of, oh, geez, every time, every time this guy flies one of my airplanes, he just puts my airplane down. Then it's down for a few days, um, and, and I'm not making money. But we found those discrepancies and they need to be fixed. I don't mind having the reputation of the the maintenance squawker sometimes. If you find a discrepancy and you're not comfortable flying the airplane, and that's hard when you've got a student sitting there and your reputation is on the line because your reputation to your student your reputation to your chief flight instructor, the flight school owner. And 
Nobody wants to be the person who's going to down this airplane and maybe the next two lessons after you who unrelated, not your student and a different instructor are going to get canceled because of the maintenance squawk you had. But if it's for aviation safety, absolutely, by all means, we have to do it, right? I think so. I know so. And there's nothing wrong with being that squeaky wheel sometimes. It's difficult to say no in commercial aviation. That's why I want you to get out of this podcast. And through this podcast, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about this topic a lot. But we're going to talk, we'll talk more about commercial pilot maneuvers and requirements and, and the commercial pilot check ride and those sort of things. Commercial pilot check ride is, by the way, a, a check ride I almost failed. In fact, the examiner said it, said, Jason, if you, if you don't start uh, uh, knowing a few of these questions, we're going to have to discontinue. Thank goodness, knock on wood, I've still never failed a check ride to this day, but probably the closest one I've come to. Um, it's not easy. Instrument was tough. Um, commercial wasn't easy. There is no easy checker. We're going to talk about these sort of things in this commercial pilot podcast, but I really wanted to kick it off with this topic because money changes things. Don't let money change your personal minimums. That's my advice to you. Don't let money and finances and bills to be paid change the way you fly and the decisions that you make. It's difficult to say no, but it's a very, very powerful word. Listen, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast again. Flyingagainmovie.com to learn more about what we're doing and what we've done with that movie. Uh, for more great podcasts, the Private Pilot Podcast, the Instrument Pilot Podcast, Coffee Break Flight Instruction, Flight Training Radio, uh, search M0A in iTunes or visit M0A.com to see our great videos. 2.4 million views last year, plus 10 best-selling books, and of course, our number one rated online ground school for private and instrument, and soon to be commercial pilot ground school. Really hope you guys enjoyed this. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review. Look forward to reading those reviews. Enjoy the rest of your day, and most importantly, remember, that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.